Welcome, listeners, to the Hosanna Podcast. We thank you for joining us today and choosing to spend this time focused on Christ. We hope you enjoy the message shared and use it to practically experience the power and love of Christ in your life. Galatians 5, 13 through 26. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Verse 16. So I say then, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Just give us ears to hear this morning, uh, then we'll walk out of this place Knowing you, loving you, understanding you a little bit more. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This is something that right out of really, right after I got saved, I began to study and look at these things because I was a very uh, fleshly person. When, and I think we all are before we get saved. But I was a very, very, very fleshly person. The sin nature just had a tendency to dominate my life. Uh, if there was a party going around, I was probably going to be at it. If there was somebody around, I was probably going to be going. It just, it just my whole life was consumed with my emotions and those desires that I had within me. And I just didn't, be honest with you, I just at that time I didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, and you've heard me, I, I would lay at my bed at night uh, just wondering, what's crazy is I'd accepted Christ early at an early age, but nobody ever talked to me and told me about how to live victory, to live a victorious life. So I lived majority of my life as a Christian when I was young, just defeated, just defeated, just being honest with you, defeated. I told them in CR the other day, I knew God loved me. If God loves me, I'm living like, you know what, down here on this earth. And this just, I just didn't understand the battle. But when I begin to study the New Testament, study Scripture, I begin to see there is a way out. There is a freedom if we have ears to hear what the, what's being said in the Bible. And God's desire for us really is to walk in freedom. Freedom from the cares and affairs of this life. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit a little bit about learning to hear from the Holy Spirit of God. And so to, to do that, I want to help define the flesh or the sin nature. They're, they're both kind of the same in the New Testament, uh, whether, whether you hear me say the flesh or the sinful nature. We're going to see if we can't define that. Uh, if we can define it, then we can deal with it, all righty? So uh, that's what we want to do, define it. So the sinful nature of this, and you've heard me talk a lot about this, but the sinful nature... And I'm going to prove it through scriptures, but the sinful nature, uh, nature is what I call a preformed lifestyle and beliefs apart from God. 
So let's say it again. Preformed lifestyle. It's a, it's a lifestyle that was formed in me, has been formed in me from a childhood up. Uh, and y'all have heard me say this type of stuff before. Maybe I was uh, five years old when mom and daddy went through a divorce. And because of that situation, uh, I was confused. And then I was tore from house to house. And sad thing about it is, as you get older, you learn to manipulate mom over here to get what you want from dad and you manipulate dad to get from mom so you got all these internal beliefs and then you got maybe picking people picking on you at school because uh, your mom and daddy's divorce and so and you know and you got two daddies and uh, you got two mamas and all kinds of craziness so those preformed formed in me because of uh, now they recognize it as PTSD. It's literally a synapsis in our brain. So we have all of that stuff within us that's formed. And, and on top of that, culture tries to define who we are and tell us what life's about. Uh, and when we get all of those beliefs piled up in me, that's really what the sin nature is. The sin nature is when I do those things and I'm more wrapped up in those things than I am what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell me, okay? The good news is this. Some of us are just new Christians, so we're learning to understand or figure out this Holy Spirit business. But I'm telling you, if you can figure out that old flesh, sinful nature business, then learning to listen to, listen to the Holy Spirit will begin to be easier, amen? So that's why, so it's preformed belief systems. Uh, not all of them are bad, but they become bad when we try to do these things apart from the Holy Spirit of God living with us and directing our lives. How many know we got some internal beliefs that kind of restrict us? We've had some internal beliefs that kind of dominated our life before in the past, and we want to thank God for that. What, 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 what these beliefs come, these beliefs become internal laws within me. If I do this, then this would happen. If I do this then this would happen. The problem is you get older in life and you begin to deal with other people and those laws you got working in you work a little bit before you but it don't work quite as much for other people anymore. You, the manipulation you used to do on mom and dad you try to do on your wife and she shuts you down. Or the manipulation you try to use on uh, your mom and dad, you try to do it on the boss, and the boss says, no, we ain't playing that game. So those internal conflicts or internal systems we have will become a conflict for us as we get older if we don't deal with those things. Culture will be a big issue with us. Probably the biggest area of difficulty when it comes to the sin nature or, or what we call the flesh is with the family. I mean, you know, there's family systems we've created to survive within the family system. And so those family systems, you could go back as far as learning about the scapegoat. The family, when it begins to fall apart, some crazy joker in your family will do something crazy and it bring us all back together, you know what I'm saying? And we, I got to raise the money to get them out of jail or something, you know what I'm saying? And so whatever craziness is, that something crazy happens, it brings the family back together. So there's family systems that we all take on. How many you know church can be crazy, have crazy systems? I mean, I want you to know something. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, to have some of the stuff going on in our church that's going on in our church, I would have never. I mean, dancing, 
with your wife. That was sin. That was, you couldn't do that. You could only love Jesus. And if you loved somebody else more or even close to it, then you were failing. I mean, screens, loud drums, guitar playing, all that. That was a bunch of worldliness, you know what I'm saying? So it's amazing how all that system gets built within ourselves. So let's walk through some scriptures and see if we can't look through the New Testament and see if we can't learn a little bit about this sinful nature because we'll learn. Look at Romans 6 says it like this. Romans 6, 6 says, We know that our old sinful self, that's our sin nature, were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives and we are no longer slaves of sin. So that old sinful self of us is what we would call sin nature. That the way we used to handle things or do things. But look what he said here. It was crucified with Christ on the cross of Calvary. Just because it comes to your brain now or comes into your emotions does not mean you have to keep going there. God, God, God has in a sense broke its power or very minimally is help us to understand that that's not something we want to do anymore you got it it sooner or later that cause end up caused me a lot of trouble that I don't want to get into let's look at Colossians chapter 3 9 it says lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with its deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that was created in him. So look at me here. The responsibility. Every morning I get up, I've got to make a choice. I'm not going to take on this day the same way I've been taking on this day for years. I'm going to begin to take on this day with a new direction in my life. I, God's word says he would let nothing come my way that I would not be an overcomer over it. I'm victorious through it. So guess what? And when I take off to the job site today or uh, school today and something opposes or ha- uh, causes me an issue, guess what? I ain't got to throw a fit like I used to. I ain't got to go crazy. Guess what? I just say, God, I just thank you, Lord, that through this, I'm going to be a more than a conqueror in Christ. I put off that old way of thinking. I put on the new way of thinking, and I'm going to walk victorious no matter what comes my way because God has got my back. I got to put off that junk, put on the new stuff. Ephesians 4, through 24 says it like this. That you put off concerning your former conversation, the old man. The word conversation means lifestyle. In other words, my lifestyle is communicating out there to people. Y'all get that? I'm my own person. No, you're not your own person. The way you're living your life is communicating something to somebody. Give you for instance. I was at a ball game last night. And an umpire was kind of getting a little crazy on me. And I know I got some church folks looking at me. And everybody knows I'm a preacher. And then he said, you've been on this field? And I'm like, I've been sitting on my bucket. I don't get off my bucket. Were you? But I didn't. I stayed calm, cool, and collective and went on my. The old man, me, wanted to be up in his face and tell him something like this. I'll tell you what. You know how long I've been coaching? I've been coaching for 20-something years. I'll tell you what I... I know more than you, my little pinky, than, you know, that's kind of stuff my dad said, you know. I, I know more, you know, that, that's, what my, that's what's going through my brain. But you know what? 
Put that off. Leanne's watching me. You know what I'm saying? I want to be very nice here, okay? You know what I'm saying? All them church folks, my, I could hear my wife on the background. Damon, she wasn't saying it, but I could So you were saying it. I was, uh, but I didn't, I didn't do bad. But my point is, you see, I'm getting get into a circumstance, and you start wanting to defend yourself or defend the people around you. Sometimes you just stay in your lane and let it all work out in the name of the Lord. Amen. Sometimes you just stay in your lane, people on the other side of the fence to take care of the umpire. You know what I'm saying? Then you, then you can tell them, look, you need to settle down. This is not the way Jesus would handle it. You know, winking at them the whole time, like take them out. Get her done there, all right? So look at me. Look at it. Putting off concerning the former conversation, which is corrupt. It's corrupt because, look at me, hear me. It's corrupt because some of the belief systems you got started when you was five. Before you even understood things. You judging folks when you're 50 based upon stuff that happened to you when you're five or six. You, you see them getting that? So it is imperative that I put off the whole way of thinking. And I put on God this today. I'm going to. Holy Spirit of God, you live within me. And I'm going to start this journey today. And you've got to do it every day. Right? When that husband of yours is starting to mess with you, I know what you want to do. Everybody's looking at my wife. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Say, no, nah, I'm putting on the new me. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to be nice, sweet, and right on and love my man and my husband. In fact, I'm going to be a stand by your man and tell the world you love him. All right, I'm sorry, move on, all right. So, okay, look at me. So, which is, look at this, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which is after God created, look at me. This is what he says about you. Created in righteousness and true holiness. That's exactly what God says about you. You are righteous. You are already holy and set apart for God. So let's not put on the old and restrict the new. And that is something you can choose to do. In the face of all the craziness this world's thrown after us. What does God's word say about this? And I was talking about something earlier. It ain't what, Je what would Jesus do. It did what did Jesus do. There's a difference. Not what would Jesus do, but what did Jesus do? When people was messing with them, how did he handle them? Handle them. So that's how we got to learn to do it, and God will work through our life. Let's look at, this, look, look at this passage of Scripture. And this is a little bit longer, but this is Paul giving his resume out to people. Look what he says here. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more. I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. In other words, he's dealing with the religious people. And he's, he's giving them, this right here probably wouldn't matter to you, but he was dealing with the religious people. And he's letting them know, you want to you use your PhD and you want to use your master degree in your education? Let me share with you what I got here, okay? Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning seal, persecuted the church, Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. 
But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency, uh, excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And before him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus the righteousness which is from God by faith now I wrote this down because I know a bunch of you even though we got a bunch of crazy folks up in here I know we got some folks that didn't smoke dope drink or go out with girls that did we got some folks that lived a pretty good life so sometimes it's hard to be lumped in with people you know you've never done in these things. So how do we deal with those type of people? Let's work through this and see. Because with that type of mindset, you can get a little bit of a religious mindset, can't you? Is everything that was accomplished prior to salvation fleshly? In other words, is my education or my achievements or lack thereof, are they all fleshly? And I would say no. But look what I got here. If we allow these achievements to define us in the eyes of people or God, we will be sadly misled. There's nothing wrong with all those things. There's nothing wrong with education. There's nothing, but God knows there's nothing wrong with living a great life. Man, some of you got saved so young, you can't even really remember you got saved. You just know you serve God your entire life. Awesome. But we can't take those things and put a feather in our cap and say, look what I got. If we're going to do that, then that has become our righteousness rather than Christ's righteousness. So get your degrees, get your education, live a great life and everything else. But always know this, that God is the one who is directing your paths and helping you out. And you thank God for godly parents that helped you out on the, on the way. Amen. So, so, so why can't I live my life based upon my achievements or my suave debonair looks or my physical body or how much money I make or all that? How come I can't live like that? Proverbs 14, 12 says it like this. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. There's things that we think if I could do this and I could do this then I could become something special and I would be something great well let me tell you something do those things but your greatness cannot be defined by those things because one day those things will not be of any of one day you're going to be on your deathbed and you can't go before God and tell him look I got a PhD yeah, one day you're going to be in a particular situation. Uh, maybe somebody got a gun to your head and you can say, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, dude. Put the gun down because I got a master's degree. And I tell you what, uh, my family, we serve God all the days of our lives. So you got to put that thing down. You, you see I'm getting that? So look at this right here. If I allow my performance to define me, my flesh, I will, live a perform, I will live on a performance treadmill all my life. So many of you, this is, this is all you know. 
You don't know how to rest because you have been defined by you're a go-getter. So you've been a go-getter your whole life. You're, somebody said you were smart. So guess what? You're doing your best to make good grades. Somebody told you that, man, you're the greatest hitter that ever lived. So you're trying to jack the ball over the fence every time. Somebody told me, I don't know. All these things have been stuck in my head. So I'm living on this treadmill. This is what I'm going to do. And guess what? It will slap wear you out. You hear what I'm saying? Because there's going, to come a one, there's going to come a time in your life when you can't do what you used to could do. Huh? There comes a point in your life when all of those accolades don't work. And if that's going to be so, if I'm going to pride myself in what I'm doing over here, then when I swing over here, then I'm going to feel like I'm not anything. You got it? I'm going to feel less than. That is the why you can't pride yourself on all those things. Thank God for them. But if you're going to pride yourself in my looks or pride myself in my education or pride myself in money, there will come a point in time when all of that will not help you out over here. But there's one person that can help you out over here, and it will always be what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross of Calvary. He will be there and want to work through you there. But if you judge people that did not do that over there, then you're going to self-judge yourself as you're in a nothing and a nobody. I'm not useless for anything. I see that a lot of people, people retire. When they retire, they die quicker because the very purpose for living, they've stopped and they just kind of give up. My Lord, retire and go do the work of Jesus. Do something. Enjoy life. See, life is one giant chain reaction. Every choice we make has consequences, either positive or negative. We act, people react, and then we react to their reaction. Y'all get, get that? And if we ain't careful, we get ourselves in big trouble. Y'all hold on. I love this statement right here. My preformed think my preformed pattern of thinking directing my life leads me to slavery. I get slavery to what I think should have, could have, would have been. But I love this right here. This, I, I read this quote years ago. Y'all follow me. Read this quote. Uh, uh, freedom bids me to fly and gives me wings. Freedom in Christ not only says you're free, but gives you the ability to live a free life in Christ Jesus when you begin to search and trust him. So the point is this, the point of repentance that leads to salvation, when we come to a place where we recognize the way we're doing things in the flesh or in the past did not bring lasting freedom. That's what I want to say. When we live our life based upon these different things, there is no internal lasting freedom. How many of you know you can have all the money in the world and not be happy? You can do, you can have everything that your brain says will bring success, and at the end of the day, it won't be happy. How I many you know you can smoke one that long, but when that stuff wears off, guess what? You still ain't gonna be happy. Now, I know you sanctified folks, y'all don't do that, all I'm saying, but I, I, you know what I'm talking about. See, God's calling us to freedom. 
And God wants us to bring freedom to these internal laws that we've created because not only do we judge other people based upon those laws, we judge ourselves based upon those internal laws. I wonder, Keelan, what would have happened to you if when you were down and stayed down and couldn't get up, if you would have had to live your whole life in a vegetarian state or like you was when we'd go visiting the hospital. If I'm in Christ, I trust him. If I ain't in Christ, I think I'm a loser. I ain't much of a man. I ain't going to be able to provide for my family, whatever. You do. Any of that thoughts ever go through your brain? And if we ain't careful, we allow the circumstances in life that we face dictate what's going on in us. Get me? We'll let that dictate. And that ain't what God wants us to do. How many of y'all do this? How many of y'all allow what your children do to wreck your world? The day I got my kids raised and married off, I said, Hallelujah. Bye. I am out of here. Y'all are on your own now. You know what I'm saying? But look at me. If we ain't careful, we'll judge those children, and our children end up doing the same thing. My kid ever act like that, I'll beat them until God they died. And Lord have mercy, go to the restaurant, and they tear the thing down. And, we're, and everybody's looking at you, and you think they're looking at you. No, they're looking at your crazy kids going nuts around here. Let's keep on going. But guess what? God gives us something to help us recognize that. He gives something internally to help us, you, us, recognize when we're going back to that old nature. That's the cool, the word of God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God created us in a way. He just built in all kinds of stuff to throw warning flags up at us. And look what he says here. Same chapter uh, that we started on, Galatians chapter 5. Let's pick up with verse 18 where we ended. But when we are directed by the Spirit, you are not, not under obligation to the law of Moses. For, for when you follow the desires... The word desires there in the King James is what we get works. The works of the flesh are manifested, King James says, all righty. For your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So look what he's saying here. And this is where I got you are fired, all righty. When we begin to employ, I'm the employer, okay? And I employ my old sin, sinful nature to try to handle a particular situation. There's always going to be a manifestation that you did it. Get that again? When I employ as an employer, me, when I go back to doing my old sinful nature stuff, there will always be something that will take place in your life. Let's look at it right quick. Sexual immorality, immature impurities, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostilities, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, parties, and such a things. So look at me right quick. So if, if, if when I begin to hire my old nature to deal with particular situations, like I, I'm the boss around here, I tell you what, y'all either get the job done or you're fired, you know what I'm saying? And they look at you like, we out of here, and now you're on your job site all by yourself trying to accomplish something because you told them who the boss was around here. 
You know what I'm saying? So now you're all by yourself, okay? And look at me. So this is it. so we got this built-in system. When you find yourself getting angry, easy. Just easily set off. That means you've, been, you've kind of left being directed by the Holy Spirit and you've allowed that old nature again to direct you rather than living the life of the Holy Spirit. Just, if you're a Christian, know this. When things begin to erupt in you, you can just mark it up. Somewhere you kind of left God over there and you ain't listening to him no more. It's just that simple. It's what it says very clear. The works of the flesh or when you're being led by your own desires, it's very clear. How many of y'all uh, uh, deal with hostility? You get, get slapped nuts sometimes and you step back and say, Whoo, where did all that stuff come from? It's because guess what? You started operating or you employed the old flesh. Guess what? You need to fire the joker. You need to fire him to stop it. You need to come to a place in your life where you don't trust that anymore, okay? You're going to begin to, you, I don't trust myself in this situation, so I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and direct me. Before you get too sanctified and everything, we've got to do that at the lunch table too. I know that food there looks good. There's only so much I need. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you find yourself looking at people and envious of what they got? Wish you had a woman like he's got. Do you wish you had a house like they have? Do you wish your car was nice like they had? Do you wish you had a better boss like they got? Do you wish you had more money like he has? First of all, you probably don't know the stress he's under with all that money. You probably couldn't handle it. You know what I'm saying? You'd probably freak out. The other half of me says, well, I would sure like to try. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all save me if I could become a millionaire and I kill myself or go crazy. Y'all come get me, all righty? Look at me. So look at me. When these things envious, you begin to be envious of other people. That's a signal that I am employing that old nature again to handle circumstances. We do it in our marriage relationship, don't we? That fit you used to throw when you first got married don't work after 30 years of marriage. She, my wife would just say, the older you get, you learn to, when they barking at you, Oh, let me move on. Some of y'all kind of getting. How many of y'all, when y'all get under stress, just got to go take something? Got to go smoke something? Go do something? Got to just, got to do something. Oh, my Lord. Have me. You know how many people say, I got to go give me a cigarette. This is just crazy. I'll tell you what. It's, these people are crazy. I just ate supper. I got to give me a cigarette right now and help myself relax. Look at me. In life, listen to me. In life, when you begin to handle situations the same way you used to it's going to bring death to you sooner or later it's going to and so what the Holy Spirit wants to do he wants to come in and help you work through those things knowing that I am righteous in Christ and if I mess up or go this way a little bit he's not mad at me but he ain't going to leave you alone and that's how come of you say you're bipolar. You ain't bipolar, just the Holy Ghost ain't leaving you alone. 
I'm hearing voices. I hear them too. I hear Brandy. I hear the back people in the background. I hear my daddy. I hear voices too, but I'm not crazy. I'm just fighting with all this stuff. This Holy Spirit's trying to tell me don't go there. And my thought says, but I feel real comfortable in chewing people out. <laughs> Holy Spirit, don't do this, but I'm not going to let them jokers put me down. The last joker that did it hurt me. So I'm going to fight back. And his flag saying, whoop, 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 don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Self-ambition. See, when you recognize these emotions rising, you got to stop. You know the commercials, count to three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But I say more than that. The good news is we've already read the scriptures that that thing's been, you can put it off. It's been crucified with Christ. You don't have to do it no more. The sooner you learn to stop it, the better off you're going to be. When we allow ourselves to be dominated by the flesh, the ben- listen right here, the benefits of the kingdom will, uh, will be restricted. That's what he says there. But let's look at verse 21 if y'all got that. Put verse 21 back up there. They're probably trying to find it because I didn't have it there. Anyway. Those people who do these things will not be able to receive the kingdom. That's not talking about heaven. That means everything God's done here on earth. When we're out here continually doing stuff, you're going slap nuts all the time. Lord, give me, bless me, bless me. But you can't even walk on the job site because you got such a bad attitude. But Lord, bless me. Guess what? You're not going to be able to receive what the people can give you because your attitude stinks. Same thing on the ball field with my kids. If I have told you 5,000 times, ball, base, back up. If the ball's hit to you, get it. If it ain't hit to you, you got a base to cover. If you ain't got a base to cover, you got somebody to back up. And if we don't do those things, do those things, guess what? You know I'm getting that already, so let's move on before I get myself in trouble there. Let me give you a couple examples and then we're out of here. Two Two, two or three examples. The Bible says in Romans, what shall we say about Abraham according to the flesh? You remember our father Abraham? You know, father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father Abraham. I am one of them. So are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Remember him? <laughs> Through him all the world was going to be blessed. Let's look at some of the stuff Abraham did. Just like y'all. Y'all are, God blessed y'all and y'all. But we do stupid stuff. Let's look, look what Abraham did. All right, look at it. Sometime later, Genesis 15. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you have given me no children, Eliezer, no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be the heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. 
Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said, Look up into the sky, count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of faith. That's exactly where we're at. I mean, we come to church, we get saved, we're going to live a blessed life. It's all going to be good. Hallelujah. I got the peace of mind. I'm putting off the old and I'm putting on the new. When anger comes in, I'm shoving that thing aside. Glory to God. And I'm walking in joy and peace. Let's go a little bit further. Couple chapters later, next chapter, look what is it. Now, Sarah... Abraham's wife had not been able to bear children. The promise hadn't come. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. Oh, dummy, dummy. And he fell for this hook, line, and sinker. Look what it is. So Sarah said to Abraham, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go go sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. So Abraham agreed. (laughs) Go! God God spoke to Abraham and said, through you, God did. I mean, remember, Abraham was just out here one day, and boom, God appears. We're not talking about, you know, what you think. I'm talking about God appears to Abraham. So Abraham's wife, so so Sarah, Abraham's wife, wait, where I got Perhaps I can have children through here. And Abraham agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as a wife. This happens 10 years after Abraham had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abraham had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarah with contempt. I guess so. Then Sarah said to Abraham, this is all your fault. Come on. Tell you what, we we can't have no children. I got a good looking servant over here. Won't you go have sex with her? Y'all have a baby and then it'll be our baby. Abraham like, good, I guess so. You know. Now if she was ugly, I'd be like, no, we got another servant. You know, here we've got doing all that. I mean, come on, dumb. Some of you men are just dumb, just like Abraham. You're just dumb. I'm serious. Come on now. Look what he said here. And <laughs> I put my servant into your arms, but now she is pregnant and she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show, uh, the Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. And Abraham replied, look, she is your servant, so you deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarah treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. And that's where we got the fights now between the Muslims and the Jews. And that's what's been going on. So Abraham did what seemed right in his own sight, huh? I've gotten older. See, he was 75 when the first promise come to him. Now some times have passed and things ain't working out like he thought it was. So Abraham and Sarah start to do things in their own flesh. They go, you know, you know, God promised this and spent some time passed and said I'd be free and I'm still uh, things. They tried to help the situation out and got themselves in big trouble. And can I tell you something? 
I've been where Abraham has been many, not, not with another servant. <laughs> Let's clarify that. Let's clarify that. But I have been in a place where I try to manipulate things to go my way. I've been in a place where I've tried to figure things out on my own. And I end up getting myself in more trouble trying to figure it out on my own, handling it my way, the same way, you know, oh, I got a great idea, you know what I'm saying, through that, and we get ourselves in truth. See, Abraham did what was right in his own sight, and this is a symbol of my flesh-based living. It's independent living or walking by sight rather than by faith. It's walking by what I see rather than what I know God's Word says, and we're closing out with this. Let's look at this story right here, Luke 18. And I could tell you all kind of, remember Peter in the book of Acts? Peter said, I ain't eating with them. He was, you talking about a racist. He wasn't going to eat with them people over there. Paul confronted him to his face and said, you, you are wrong. I could sit here and name all kinds of different uh, places and stories like that. But let's close that with this one. Luke 18, uh, 14. Starting with verse 9. Luke 18, 9. <laughs> then Jesus told his story to someone that had confidence in their own righteousness and scorned scorn everyone else. Two men went to the temple and prayed. One was a Pharisee. You know the Pharisee. They wanted done everything right. They, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself, notice that he stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank God that I'm not a sinner like everyone else. I don't cheat. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even to lift up his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And look what Jesus said. I tell you this, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, not the one that tithed, not the one that went to church, not, not none of them, the Pharisee, uh, uh, and I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I've been serving God for 38 years. And I'm not going to put a feather in my cap for anything. I've, had, I've witnessed too much failure from people that I've looked at and even failure myself. I've seen too much to put a feather in my cap to act like I'm beyond doing something stupid. Galatians 5.24, close now. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passion and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Let us not become conceited, provoke one another, or be jealous of one another.
that old nature has been ruling and dominating so many of your lives. And like Abraham, you trusted in yourself and you trust in yourself. And how's that, go- how, what's that, how's that going for you? I thank God that at a young age, 19, I was Mr. Popular. I was this. I was that. Played sports. Did all those things. But I would still lay in my bed at night. Still thinking something crazy was going on in me. And one day freedom came. And it's been a journey of freedom. First I recognized I had freedom. Then I began to learn to walk in that freedom. And still over 30 years later I'm still learning how to walk in that freedom. The good news, he ain't mad at me while I'm learning to walk. Thank God I'm married to a woman that we both learn to forgive, give and take, learn to work through those issues. And that's how come 38 years later, we're still here in the ministry. We're still loving people. Because I haven't stood up in the pulpit bow-beating people. Stood in the pulpit saying, you can make it. I can make it. We can make it. Because you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. You can make it. We we ain't giving up on you. You may give up on yourself, but we ain't giving up on you. You got to be crazy, 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 shot rabbit crazy for us to say, we might need to do something with this person right here. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we love you. And if you're here and you kind of feel like that publican, I just need mercy. Just need mercy. Need help. If you're that person, all you got to do is confess that. And guess what? You can take your journey on the way home today, like he did, right with God. He is the most patient person I know, most caring person I know. He's the one who has brought me comfort in some of my stupidest things I've done. Just, you know, just, just knowing, just knowing that God ain't giving up on me sets the deal for me. And that's the same thing for you. And I'm not going to beg you to come down because you've already really made that decision. Right now, you've already made the decision in your heart and mind. You've made that decision for me teaching and ministering here today. But what I want us to do, the Bible says if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and I believe in my heart that he was crucified, that he rose again victorious up out of that grave. The cool thing about believing it is if he rose so I can rise with him in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you believe that, I want us all to say that prayer together. And don't you allow no devil in hell, family member, or whoever tell you you're not a born-again child of God. You're born again. You just take on the journey. You hear me? Take on the journey. And you're going to make it. So let's pray like this. Say, dear God, I thank you for such a great salvation. I believe in my heart that you died. I believe in my heart that you rose up from the grave. 
I believe in my heart that resurrection power now lives within me. And I'm going to make it. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. My friends, my family that I have found in this church will encourage me on. In Jesus' name we pray.